being mindful all the time. Now that you have a pretty clear understanding of what it means to be mindful and the characteristics of a mindful person, let's look at ways that you can practice being more mindful so that it starts becoming a habit. Being mindful is like exercising a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Try these, and be especially careful to notice how you feel. Pay attention to things that are happening around you. Rather than thinking about so many things, try simply observing all that shows up for you in your experience. Just watch without concerns for how you think things ought to be, and observe how things are. Do this with all your senses. Notice all the sounds, the different things you see, the textures to touch and feel, the varieties of smells. Be careful to avoid making judgments of what is unfolding before you. When you are involved in or notice others engaging in situations with a lot of emotion, step back and simply become an observer rather than getting emotionally involved in the incident. Become a passive observer, watching what is happening rather than diving in and getting overly worked up. Consciously start saying things to yourself such as, In this moment, I allow myself to be here now. I can't be anywhere else right now, nor can I be in my past or future. So I might as well relax and enjoy what is happening here and now. Here are some other ideas to increase mindfulness. Slightly change your normal routines. Go to work a different way than you normally do. Take a walk or ride your bike rather than drive to a close destination. Shop at a completely different supermarket or drugstore. Eat at a restaurant where you've never eaten before. Each time you take these out-of-the-ordinary occasions, you open yourself up to new and exciting ways of experiencing life. If you find yourself in a setting that is very commonplace or mundane, take time to rearrange things. Change your scene from time to time. Changing your scene from time to time allows you to see things in different ways and become more interested and observant of them. From time to time, take mindfulness breaks in which you do nothing but be totally engaged in a particular place and time. In nature is an excellent place to practice mindfulness breaks because there is so much to tune into and experience. The variety, along with the slower pace of nature, adds to our sense of enjoying the moment more fully. Try a new sport or hobby. Totally engage yourself in learning a new skill. But don't try to excel at it. Just do it for the sheer fun of doing it. What about planning? Wait a minute, you say. Shouldn't we look to the future and decide how we would like that future to look? If we always have our focus on the present, we'll never make plans for things we'd like to happen in the future, right? Here's my favorite definition of planning. Planning involves bringing future events into the present so appropriate control can be applied. When you plan for the future, it is a very present moment here and now activity. In your planning, you spend this moment preparing for a future moment. In the Stress Prevention Workbook, we explore some ideas for how planning and time management might look. Planning, done properly, does not turn on the stress response. Planning is a lot different than worrying. When you worry, you send your mind out to a future event and you include uncomfortable or painful aspects to that imagined future event. This type of thinking turns on the stress response. Here's an example comparing planning to worrying. 
Let's pretend that you've been asked to prepare a party for a friend who is getting married. It's going to be a special occasion, and you want everyone to have a terrific time. Planning for this party would involve many of these activities, determining who will come, where the party will take place, who will supply the food, who will decorate the place, how much is everything going to cost, who will pay for everything, and so on. Here and now versus worrying. All of these activities revolve around a future event, but you can only do the things to prepare for the event in your here and now moments. When you call the decorator, it will be now while you make the call. When you plan the various costs, again, it will be now while you are planning them. These require your thoughts to be fully present to make the best decisions about the party. Worry thoughts about the party, on the other hand, might include such future-oriented thoughts as, what if everyone doesn't come? What if the people who do come don't like the food? What if I wear that dress and someone else wears the same one? I'll be really embarrassed. Can you see the difference? When you plan, you do things in the present that are designed to make a future moment turn out in a planned-for, controlled way. You have no perception of threat or danger. Your worry thoughts, on the other hand, relate to things, situations, or circumstances over which you have very little control and you can't do anything about right now. They usually contain perceived discomfort. Something bad is going to happen. When you combine these aspects, your nervous system gets the message that bad things are happening now, and the stress response kicks in. Mindfulness versus Multitasking Have you ever awakened in the middle of the night suddenly realizing that you made a mistake or forgot to do something the day before? Isn't it crazy that you can go all day long and not think of something important and then at 2.56 a.m. it hits you like a brick? But what can you do about it at 2.56 a.m.? You know you won't be able to take care of it until morning, but that isn't going to help you fall back asleep. As a matter of fact, if you're like most people, it will keep you awake thinking about it and worrying. To fix this, we must look at why this happens in the first place. In our society, we have fallen hard for the myth that we are more productive when we are multitasking. It is normal for many of us to talk on the phone, transact a business deal, drive, eat, and listen to the radio all at the same time. But our conscious mind is not like our subconscious mind, which really does know how to multitask. Our subconscious mind can direct the body to process thousands of bits of sensory data, digest food, adjust a heart rate, create a baby, fight off hundreds of pathogens, grow hair, fall in love, rid the body of toxins, replicate cells, and monitor the movement of the moon all at the same time. Our conscious mind, on the other hand, which is also a very powerful entity, functions differently. It is more effective when it does one thing at a time. Researchers have found that multitasking actually slows the brain down because when we multitask, we are not really doing several activities at once. We are really fluctuating back and forth between those activities. As you can imagine, there are real problems that occur when we switch back and forth between too many things. For example, we miss important details, we lose productivity in the transition time between activities, we forget things, We are not fully committed, involved, or useful in each activity. We get distracted easily. Multitasking causes problems in the workplace, too. 
Microsoft found that when their employees were interrupted by email or instant message, it took them about 15 minutes to get back into their work groove. That is a lot of lost productivity per day. If you think about it, you've probably seen this happen in many different ways. Imagine a person listening to her friend on the phone while peeling carrots. For a while, she is sort of listening. She has learned to respond automatically when her friend pauses, saying things like, yes, great, and "Uh uh-huh. But her attention is going back and forth between the conversation and making sure peels end up in the garbage can. Inevitably, when the other person says something interesting, she has to stop peeling the carrots for a moment so she can really pay attention. Have you ever wondered why your kids have to ask you things several times? It might be that you are trying to do too many things at once and your brain, which can only focus on one thing at a time, has learned to tune them out. The same goes for working on a report while watching TV, talking while you are eating, or driving a car when you are thinking about that big presentation you have to make next week. You end up getting to work okay, but you can't remember parts of the drive. You've been fluctuating again. So how do we become truly attentive and productive? By being mindful. When we are mindful, we completely experience the food, the drive, the conversation. We choose to devote our attention to one thing at a time, since that is all we really can do. We choose to be more focused, more attentive, more productive. I realized that was the reason I woke up the other night. I had been in a conversation earlier that day, but was busy doing several other things. I didn't realize what I had missed what the other person needed until hours later at 2.56 a.m. That was when my mind had stopped doing things long enough to really get something done. It had stopped fluctuating and transitioning and had started processing instead. Have you ever wondered why your best thoughts tend to come when you're in the shower? Or why things suddenly occur to you while you're in your sleep? Or why you feel so inspired when you're watching a sunset? This happens because, for a moment, you are in the present moment. There is not a lot of multitasking when you are relaxing in a shower. When we live in the moment, we naturally become more productive. Mindfulness is not only a powerful stress management technique, it is a powerful time management technique. And even more cool, it is the only way to truly experience life. Focusing on what you are doing now means not losing the present to the things that need to be done in the future or what should have been done in the past. It means getting back those lost 15 minutes of transition time. It means building better relationships with those you care about. It means more creativity, more inspiration, more productivity, and yes, far fewer sleepless nights. In Summary Mindfulness can be described as a state of being attentive to and aware of what is taking place in the present and soaking up as much of the present as possible. Essentially, it is present moment awareness. Mindfulness is the process of learning how to be with all experiences while being less judgmental and reactive. The truths of the mind that support mindfulness are these. You can only focus on one thing at a time, You are always free to think anything you choose. You can only directly experience this moment right here, right now. There is no stress in the present moment, except for very rare occasions. Here and now is a stress-free place. When you bring your attention to the present moment, here and now, you get peace and no stress. 
Mindfulness approaches are not considered relaxation techniques. Rather, they are a set of mental characteristics used to reduce vulnerability to reactive modes of thinking that heighten stress and emotional distress. The opposite of mindfulness is mindlessness. Mindlessness occurs when your thoughts are not in the present moment, such as when you tune out what is happening all around you. When that happens, stress is a real possibility. When you stay mindful, stress becomes very unlikely. You arrive at the state of mindfulness through four mental activities. Stop, look, accept, and savor. The easiest way to do this is by keeping your awareness on the ever-unfolding input immediately and always available to you through your senses. To assist you in cultivating mindfulness as a way of being, keep in mind these characteristics of a mindful person. Beginner's mind, non-judging, non-striving, and non-attachment. Be sure to practice the activities found in this workbook to help you hone your mindfulness skills. Ultimately, you will find that mindfulness is another mental muscle that you can develop. The stronger it becomes, the more you'll enjoy every single moment of your life.